Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating leaders and most helpful tools in the business community from around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. (laughs) Look it up. And this day, my friend, you and I are going to square off against those those thorns in our throats. You, You know who I mean. Those impossible people who try with all their li- their might to make your life miserable if you let them. So stick with me, my friend, because we are going to arm you against these pests. You are going to walk away from this show bristling with arrows to fend off their endless annoyances. So whether you are a toy maker competing against some very large and rather nasty corporate competitors like Mark or your top financial professional, who's really not receiving the proper credit for his expertise and client contribution, like uh, Harry. Pull up your chair a little closer, join our Feast of Wisdom, which is all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. So, I have this list of troublesome individuals, and most of them have been contributed by our listeners who have written in, as well as some members of our own Prometheus Publishing and Art of the CEO team. I'm not so sure. I'm I'm a little scared of those. (laughs) At any rate, I put them all into my sacred pith helmet which I don whenever my journeys wend me abroad through some painfully sultry climb, and I will draw out (coughs) – excuse me, excuse me – Where's that Cabernet when I need it? Um, I will draw out one, and we'll begin working on how to deal with this impossible person. So I dig in, and here we go. Here's the first one. Uh Oh, first and right. The bullying boss. Boy, may this this person have his hair parted with a two-by-four. Now, when I say bullying boss, I'm not saying one who is just ultra-demanding. That's hard work, my friend. I'm talking about the the boss who yells, who screams at you, literally, who belittles you personally and threatens to uh, take away your job or make you date his daughter, whatever. Uh, there's one, the big attitude adjustment you have to make when facing a bully, when you're inflicted with one, is to remember that bullying is like washing it's like a washing machine. It only works when you push the right buttons. He pushes the buttons, but they're your buttons, my friend. You can make them work or not. So one of the the very first thing to notice about the bully is in, in the workplace now we're talking, he has several soft spots and the big thing to remember is that bullies fawn over and fear power. I knew one bully and I've, uh, that actually washed his CEO's car every week. They, they fear this person. So that's, he has his own lookouts. And, be, and so you have that knowledge and that is, that's going to give you a little power over him. So when the next time you encounter this bully, let's, we're going to call him Jim, uh, you, you listen quietly as, as he rants upon and or he gives you an order and and your mantra is we're here to make you look good jim we're here to make you look good first of all by saying we're here to make you look good what that's saying is that 
that's what he really wants. <laughs> and but you're saying it, it's sort of letting you know it that that you know what he wants uh, without being nasty. And also notice the use of the word were. We are. You're speaking for the whole team. Now he may be talking to you, and he may only be picking on you. But my friend, he you speak for everybody because a bully bullies everyone, and you have to show him that you know his game. You can even if you want to with the bully. You you can uh, you can after a particular tirade. You uh, you could might say you could even utter a, a small kind of joke. Jeez. Uh, uh, if we in the department may bring you this close to an ulcer every day, Jim, I, I really wonder why you put up with this. And if he brings it into the first person and, and does the threat to fire you, you don't need to answer. Just remember, never let this turn into a one-on-one battle. You keep uh, bringing up the first person plural, and you just do your work. And and actually, the the, the final tip on the bullying boss don't engage them any more than you have to. Mail in reports and copy your report to him to his superiors, by the way. Uh, but don't don't go out of your way to, to inflict yourself. Why would you do that? All right. With that little tempting and toothsome notch at today's Feast of Wisdom, allow me to perform my duties as proper host and lay before you a few utensils for furthering uh, the day's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you wake up and realize that your paycheck, your compensation or revenue, does not accurately reflect your worth as an individual? That that pride earned and the contribution you make trumps cash every time. Or will you continue to measure and frustrate yourself against society's whimsical scale of cash compensation? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense you are yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 best business quips book. So I pull this into my hand. Six, no, no, no. Okay, here we go, here we go. 32, 32. Speaking to one another was a precursor of texting. The older folks, you know, the ones with all the money, claimed it was the most profitable method of communication. And as an afterthought, to every communication, there's a season, a time to text, a time to phone, a time to Skype, and a time to put down the device, get off your expanding button, gain true wisdom face to face. So the next time you have a message to give, why not first consider what media would be most effective? And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of 101 Best Business Quips or 102 Best Business Quips. And you are going to get a load into the chamber of several good shots that are sure to target both the brain and the funny bone of all your fellow chain gangers at work. And there's a third utensil, appropriately entitled, I believe, the Escargo Prod. Ooh. We proffer you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who said, He who wishes to be rich in a day 
will be hanged in a year. <laughs> I love it. Those words were not spoken by none other than the unique Renaissance inventor, artist, and greatest mind of his age, Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. And later on in our show, stick with us because blurting your way is going to come another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind-bolstering gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So with utensils at hand, my friends, let's face us down and tackle hard to earth some more of these impossible people snarling up your life. So I dig into the pith helmet. Here we go. And oh, oh boy, this this one, Dante Alighieri needs to send this one to a lower level of the inferno. This is Dudley Do-Nothing. Now, this was contributed, this, Dudley was contributed to us by a lady who runs one of three equal departments. Dudley runs one of the others. And worse, this lady depends on Dudley's work to make hers complete. So my ambitious friend sweats all day. Dudley's workers sweat all day. Dudley sits and plays solitaire on his computer all day. So how do you handle this linchpin that you just need to move? Uh, first of all, you're not going to transform him into a worker. Ain't going to happen. Dudley going to be there. So what do you do? You have to do. You have to make others aware of this, that of your excellence of work, and let let others be aware of where it's falling down. So I suggest, first of all, putting uh, mailing out or verbally expressing progress reports that are unasked for. Simple, casual, informal, dear President Irving or, uh, you know, dear department head Jane, just thought you'd like to know what I've been up to. Again, verbal or written. And then what you're going to do is you mention such things as, and I delivered all this to Dudley on Tuesday, and he assures me that I'll have it by Friday. Now, you do have to check with Dudley, but he assures me we'll have an outcome by Friday. And then you let it go. So, so, Or just say, I, so I look forward to it. That's, uh, you've got to make sure that people know what you're doing and where the flaw is. The second way to deal with old Dudley here is, uh, and remember, you don't have to make him your buddy. So take members of your team, a couple of members of your team, and one or two of Dudley's team out to lunch. And without criticism... Talk about the work, talk about the workflow, and then award them perhaps even a, a bit of a, a challenge or something to, to work with in their team. Uh, because you're so smart, you seem so expert. Why don't you handle this show sort of off the cuff? Oh, I just thought of it. And you're putting the responsibility from them to you. You're forming a link with them. And if Dudley says, you know, well, you should talk to me, he says, oh, I, I know how busy you are, Dudley. I, and, you know, and I, I just... Uh, and besides, I just took an interest in, in Henry over here. Whatever. Again, you don't have to be Dudley's friend, but you have to get the work out, and that's that's one more way to handle it. All righty. Now, let's dig around into the hat. Enough enough of doing nothing. Let's let's do something. Here is one. Okay, here we go. Here, this is number three. Oh, this one. This is interesting. This is, this is contributed. It's called the Visionary CEO. 
and not all folks who blight your life are bad. This is the, 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 by the visionary CEO, we mean that lofty visionary who has the great aim uh, of a CEO like Flint Lane who takes his, who says, we are going to start out as an entrepreneur, but we are aiming at a major market share right up there. He has very, very lofty goals, and uh, which is good. You want this. But he also, uh, there's two things you want to do. First of all, you want to hit your star to this guy. Uh, and secondly, he needs every good visionary, uh, no matter who they are, needs to be tethered to a chief reality officer. He may be able to inspire people to scrabble up over the walls, but he needs a manager to put the ladders in place so, so that people can climb. He So you, why don't you take on the job and stretch your competence? Why don't you uh, offer to be that tether that is provide the assistance and some direct passages to the CEO, you're going to be his salvation. You're going to raise yourself in her eyes, uh, and you're going to help bring ideas to fruition. See this kind of person as an opportunity. Just a thought. And if you've joined us just now, you are listening to The Art of the CEO Radio Show, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace where you may listen and download each of our episodes the simplest way by visiting theartoftheceo.com that's theartoftheceo.com you can also find us on blog talk on uh, buzzsprout on itunes on uh, soundcloud and several other uh, fm stations but do the art of the ceo is probably the simplest way for you to find all our episodes. And now, let us move on, since we have some time here, we're doing very well, to uh, let's grope about into the sacred pith helmet. And, oh, oh boy, okay, this one, uh, this... This is called The Promiser. I call her Nancy Non-Deliverable. She, uh, she coincides with uh, Can't Count on Charlie. And I hope that this... May this person's uh, boss tweet false accusations and see how she really likes it. I don't know. This, this, someone, this person always gets me. But here, here, what I'm talking about is that you come out of a meeting reeling. Nancy has this fabulous strategy for, say, adjusting the product to solve a client complaint. And it's great for her. She's a good idea, good thinker. Now the battle comes. Nancy, can you give me the drawing for this design? Have you got the stats on this project yet, Charles? It is the fifth time I've had to apologize to the boss, Charles. Everyone, Everyone's fired up, and no one is carrying the ball. So, the rule number one that you have to remember in dealing with the promiser uh, is that you cannot nag a person into production. <laughs> you 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 can't threaten, you can't nag. Even the bully can't get them to move. So uh, so don't try. Find out instead what this person can do and will do, and be realistic. It's some uh, take Nancy. She's got her idea. She's come out with them. All right. Now, uh, I had one person like this who 
I realized was very good with ideas, was very good with the details of how to carry them out. And this person just never wrote anything down. So one day I, I we had a project that we were doing, and I said, Darlene, could you – we had to approach a whole series of marketing people to push this thing across and various public relations people. And so I said, Darlene, could you give me five – give me – you know, I'm just talking to her. I said, Darlene, what are some reasons? Give me several good reasons that we should – when we talk to these marketing people, what, what should we say to them? What do you think your thoughts are? So she wrote them down. And I had Carol right beside me. Carol is a doer. Uh, Carol is – faithful and clever and so Carol wrote them all down and I said and then I said darling could you give me five contacts you know and this was it wasn't insulting to 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 darling the idea is not to belittle anyone the idea is to find out the best medium for contact for medium for getting things done and find out who can do them best and that's part of being a good manager and at what level you are in work it does not matter it's not your rank we're all managers in this way okay uh so now we are moving on and i think at this dramatic juncture i'm looking at uh many many more in the hat we have a big pile here but Enough of this bathing in the evil brewers of your business world for a moment. I think it's time to take a brief uh, sorbet from our Feast of Wisdom. And allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's book. Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit bartsbooks.com and explore really a, a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters from, from all over. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing invites you to look at one of its books, The Membership Economy, by, by the wonderful and charming Robbie Kellerman Baxter. Now, there's a very real, if somewhat subtle, trend affecting your life, my friend, which Robbie points out and delineates how companies and consumers are identifying with the items they purchase and how purchasing is sort of forming tribes and intercommunicating tribes based on products it's it's a happenstance and what i'm going to ask is that you get this book you read it you look at it and what you're it, this you're going to love it because it's going to enlighten you but it forces you to consider is this trend, as Robbie puts it, a true shift in our cultural thinking and acting, or is it, as your very own host, Bart Jackson, puts it, merely one more very sophisticated, innovative method of marketing in a new way, the same old stuff. So go to Bart's Books, pick up your copy, engage your little gray cells, and decide for yourself. And Speaking of getting your wisdom ignited, when you're there at the bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com homepage, and looking at the bookstore, don't forget to uh, pause on that little blue mailbox. Click that, and when you do, you will get take the opportunity for absolutely free to have a new uh, business quip and afterthought winging your way through the eternal enigma of email, and it, it'll give you a good, solid, ponderable piece of wisdom, and all the more delightful because it is iced with sweet laughter. So, now turn with me back, if you will, to let's 
let's turn back to the subject of those truly impossible pestilential people and how best to deal with them. And let's pull out another one here. I've got one. Oh, oh, okay. This one. Uh, boy, may this cretin uh, face full frontal just how much he has to be modest about. And that, that's that's my curse for this one. This is Knowlton Nitpicker. And, you, you know, there are some people, my friend, who wouldn't have signed the Declaration of, Con- of, of Independence if they found the word, word pursuit spelled wrong. You know that type. And Knowlton may be doing this to make you, just because it's his own little power trip, that's the way he acts. But he may be kind of like Charlene Critic, who's saying, everything you do requires my personal correction. It's sort of a way to make you look look bad. And they may be your enemy, either Charlene or Knowlton, and so watch for that. But So if Knowlton, let's say, is on your staff, Knowlton Nitpicker's on your staff, keep Knowlton as a valuable tool. He is your resident naysayer. Make him your resident naysayer. Uh, so you're sitting there at the table in the meeting, and you present something out, and, and make a joke out and say, all right, your turn, Knowlton. Give us the top five flaws for this, this plan report or deal or, or whatever. In other words... Give Knowlton his due. My, I know a fellow named Tom who ran uh, a huge plant, and a tight chemical plant, and he had one fellow that he just kept at his side who would say no to everything. And this fellow became quite a noted consultant. And it was, it was every possible thing that could go wrong with a deal, Tom found out from his naysayer, whose name was Ray. And... I just think, so thicken your skin a little bit, my friend, and use this person as a tool. And if if Nolan's your boss, you can kind of use a similar tactic, but you have to be a little little kinder and more soothing about it. And so let's, let's say, you know, you, you delivered your, your project and, or your plan. And he says, well, you know, the, the, he says, fine, fine, very good. But he says, you realize, of course, that this, what this would do to stock prices and and, with, when, and what it would do to the, the shareholders. And, and, and so you, what you have to do at this point, you have to take possession of his concern, not the complaint, but put your finger on the reason for that complaint and turn the tables. What am I talking about? I know. What I mean is, for instance, when he if he complains about this about how it would hurt the stock price, you have to return. I, I realize this. We're talking shareholders' life savings here, and you never can be too careful, Henry. But I I think we could perhaps deal with it this way. Or good. And in other words, what you're saying is I share your concern, and you've got to do that with this person, and then you can work around it. Don't uh, the, the kiss of death on this guy is belittling him because he'll only get angry at you, and and so belittling just doesn't work. Uh, so give him his due, but use it as a tool. And uh, now I think that's enough of of uh, nitpicking about. There's probably a couple of others. Let's pull out this one. All right. Okay. Here we go. Oh boy. This this one. Is is may this person be forced to uh, 
drink only the wine that they drank in when they were a freshman in college and never move one step up. <laughs> There's the curse for this one. I, anyway, this is Samantha Showcaser. And uh, you, you know Samantha. You have a Samantha in your life. Every meeting, every company chat with every CEO offers Samantha a, a, a stage to present the patter of her little feats. And it's usually all done by the way, very frequently, uh, she's, uh, she's, her braggadocio is sent to, is meant uh, to set you down a peg by comparison. So be aware of that. And so the, the really, you, you can't tell Sam to shut up in in the middle of her braggadocio or saying, so glad to hear you're great. Your sarcasm won't work. How about this? It's just this, this, this is my way to do it. And you, you tell me if you think this is right. Call in, write in. Um, go to info bar, at bartsbooks.com and you tell me if I got this right. When you go back to your commute, your cubicle, or uh, after Samantha has finished her performance, sit down and listen to your own grumbling. What do I mean? I mean, you know, you're going to go back and you're saying, well, I, I do just as much work as Samantha, and, and, and I know more about this, this project than she does, and, and I've actually talked to the clients. And, okay, that's what you've just done is you've listed your good argumentative achievements. Okay, so arm yourself with those achievements. Come back and counter Samantha with a lead-in. Well, I, I know... You feel this way, Sam, or I, I know what, uh, what you mean, Sam. Uh, use the nickname, by the way. It, uh, it's, it's a wonderful way of, of addressing people who need to be, shall we say, set properly in place. Um, and I've always, you know, I, I've talked to the client five times this month, and their opinion is similar, and their need is similar to what you're talking about. In other words, you're, you're telling them, that uh, you know what they know, and you know more. And you're not necessarily disagreeing with them. You're not trying to shut her up. Uh, you're just showing her that she's not the only one in the room who's achieved anything, for heaven's sakes. And may I also say, it's not your job to sit quietly by and let others tell of themselves. Uh, your words may... Your deeds uh, may speak loudly, but they will not speak for you unless you do so. It's, I, we all need we all need to be a little bit of a showcaser, I guess. And uh, okay, we, let's move on, move on. Let's get to some other ones here. Some really impossible people. This gets me nice, stabbingly mad. Here, we're going to reach into the sacred pith helmet and pull out into it. Into it. Okay, what's this one? Oh, all right, all right. This this one, uh, this person may they. Oh, I can't even give a good curse on this person. I, I it, I'm so angry. Just it's it's a it, this person's a cretin. This is the credit stealer. Wh- and whether you're co- whether conversationally or writing, you're giving your IP, and these folks are stealing your intellect, your property, your greatest, your hard sweated ideas, and and. They are pocketing them, and uh, so whether they, whether the credit stealer is doing this by design or inadvertently, they are evil. 
And uh, I think back to Donnie. Let's put them down in layer five of the Inferno. They're, you know, next to Alexander sipping blood. Let's, let's, this is where the credit dealers should go. And the best defense for uh, the, against the credit dealer, like the like any kind of theft, is theft preventative beforehand. It begins before you encounter them. So a few tips on. Um, handling, uh, uh, on, on pr- protecting yourself against credit theft. And you certainly can. It's very easy in business. First of all, whatever report or uh, writing that you do, whatever, uh, whatever, anything you turn in on paper or email or something, have a little, have your, develop a brand uh, at our, our company has a brand. Prometheus Publishing has BB the Owl. Uh, why don't you turn your report in always with a certain color? Color if if you put things in folders, if that's how it's working, or um, a signature up top that lets people know that it's you. You've got to you've got to again make sure that people are aware of what you're doing. And the other thing you do is that you share your knowledge frequently and you share your ideas of what you're working on. So don't silo and then discover that someone put the silo on wheels and took it. Share your knowledge, but share what you're working on. Mention the sweat that it took to brought, bring this client in, uh, the idea that you're working on. Make sure that you ask your boss to review and help work at a given point. So all before this begins, so when the credit stealer stands up and mouths your lines or puts it in her report, the, everybody will already know that you previously have been working on that. That's the only way to deal with this. Getting at them afterwards, yelling afterwards, that was my idea. It, think how petty that makes you sound. So don't do it. Get out to move forward with that. Now, I want to get into the over-communicator, and uh, I, I want to get into the poser. I know they're in there somewhere in the book. and I know the poses in there. The, uh, boy, the, and there's many, many others. Gloom and Griselda, we're going to have to do this again. But for right now, I uh, ask you all to, if you have an impossible person in your life, just write down that in any little factoid you'd like to put. Don't don't use proper names, please. Thank you. Uh, but send out ideas because people want to know this and how. And if you have a clever way that you've dealt with them, send it in to info. I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. Send that in. And we will do another such show, and you will be, your name will be noted and thanked. So, as we round out today's Feast of Wisdom, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who said, my concern is not whether you failed, but whether you are content with your failure. Uh, and the hint is to the author, few national leaders have handled power as adeptly or compassionately as the author, as this author of the Emancipation Proclamation. By the way, if you are a, a history of uh, a high school history student, it's not Elvis, just to let you know. Anyway, if you know the name of this, the author of this quote, just scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be. Send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. 
And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, marketing data, without the injection of human common sense, tells us that the key to success is smaller quantities sold in larger packages. <laughs> and do tune in next week to the Art of the CEO show because you and I are going to learn how to build your career better. This is a show for new grads and veterans alike. We are going to sit at the feet of Master Career Maker and President of Regional Personnel, Mr. Jim Lynch, and we are going to discover that much-desired personal turnaround and what it requires. And to all of you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. It has been a kick. And remember that you uh, you may download this and all our shows by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo or our own website, theartoftheceo.com. And finally... To you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege. <laughs>